Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Dr. Romy Mushtaq, MD, has nearly 20 years of authority in neurology, integrative medicine, and mindfulness, and is a leading physician on a mission to transform the brain health of companies, leaders, and organizations. After undergoing life-saving surgery herself, Dr. Romy traveled around the world learning mindfulness-based techniques. She now speaks and consults with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, and global associations. Her unique expertise is routinely featured in national media such as Forbes, NBC, Fox Business, NPR, TED Talks, and dozens of other national media outlets. She is one of the first physicians appointed chief wellness officers for a corporation, Evolution Hospitality, steering the mindfulness and wellness initiatives of over 6,000 employees and hosts their podcast, Wellness Evolved. If your personality doesn't arrive until after you've had coffee and you find your mind racing when it's time to sleep, you want to listen to this interview. In our time together, Dr. Romy explains the neuroscience behind toxic environments, the stress success cycle, and the creation of a busy brain. She shared her brain shift protocol to get to the root of your anxiety, sleeplessness, and food issues, and explains that if you do it right, you will see an increase in intimacy and sex with your partner. She is currently working on her first book, The Busy Brain Cure. When Dr. Romy hits the pause button in her life, she meditates, spends time traveling, and believes dark chocolate is her medicine. Let's dig in. Dr. Romy, I am so excited to introduce you to the Gold audience. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Oh, honored to be of service to you and your community. I'm thrilled. So I have, I'm fascinated by your background and I talk a lot about mindfulness and wellness and the importance of kind of creating balance between your work life and who you are as an individual and, and care for self. Um, but I, I have yet to have someone who has a background like yours on this show. And I love mm. that you come from uh, a neuroscientist background. You're, you're a scientist, but you are a chief wellness officer for a large company. And I was listening to your podcast and I'm like, this is next level. This is like the most woke company <laughs> ever. We are. we are. We're very blessed. Thank you. I think it's amazing. And I was just like, this is fantastic. This is what what a way to engage employees and bring people together around the message of, of wellness as a culture within your company. And I would love to kind of ask you your path there, coming from being a, a, a physician to moving over to this kind of role. What was that like and, and how did that happen? You know, I think any one of your listeners can agree to this, Jeanette, is as a fellow type A personality, success-driven professional, um, you could have the best laid plans for your life and career, but when you really let go of it, uh, the universe truly comes together to show you how to be of service. And my story does not 
start because I'm a triple board certified physician. It's actually because I did not know how to manage my own stress. Mm. And that emotional stress, the career burnout, the climbing the corporate ladder of medicine in a very male dominated specialty of neurology was taking its toll on me physically and mentally. And I ended up nine years ago from the time you and I are recording this podcast interview, I was in life-saving surgery, um, me getting surgery. And I knew something had to be changed in my life. And now you fast forward to the terms of meditation and mindfulness and people just roll their eyes and they're like, oh, that's so basic. I hear it all the time. Right. Just like I know I need to go to the gym, right? But I happened to find it at a time where there weren't YouTube channels or apps or anything guiding you on where to go next. And I ended up traveling the world learning about mindfulness and Ayurveda and integrative medicine and allowing it to heal myself, but also realizing like, how could I as a doctor not bring this back to my brain and mental health patients that there is more to this world than having a pill for your ill or a supplement for your symptoms. It's so much greater than that. And so this journey began. And um, five years ago, I started my company with this idea that I had the audacity that I am going to get up and change the world and do it as a woman and a woman of color in high heels. And oh, I love it. So Yes. And we fast forward to today, Jeanette, where, you know, there isn't a magic pill or a formula. This was hard work. And, you know, as any entrepreneur on your podcast is listening is you have an idea and through making mistakes and finding those lights on your path was learning how to scale what I knew would work one-on-one -on -one with patients in integrative medicine, mindfulness models for brain and mental health. And how do I scale this to companies? So I, I started a very successful speaking career and I knew I had to be careful. My speaking schedule was filling up. I was traveling to one to four cities every week and I and companies would keep calling me for more. And Evolution Hospitality happened to be one of those companies that I spoke to in 2016. They are a people-driven culture. So at baseline, they already value their employees and wellness is a, a big arm of it. And so when I spoke and got great feedback and our mission seemed so in alignment, I brought back as a consultant and as the work grew last, we're about 18 months into the role, the CEO created this role for me as chief wellness officer. And my job is to bring the science of traditional medicine, integrative medicine and mindfulness to guide over 6,000 employees now. That's amazing. And I think it's so yeah. brilliant. And before we got Thank started, you. I told you like I, I came from um, a corporate background mm -hmm. Tell and, me about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know some of your listeners and my listeners who are going to be listening to this will want to know. Yeah. So I came from, I, I had a 23-year career in finance and mm. very high pressure role yes. working with ultra high net worth clients. And, mm. you know, the culture was very, and it's embedded, I think, in so many of those kind of high pressure, especially capitalistic roles. Like anytime yes. you're dealing with large amounts of money, it's kind of like... Mm -hmm grind, 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 run, run, run. And there's almost this way that we divorce ourselves of our own identity and mm -hmm. we become the hours that we work, the numbers that we create. Yeah. And if you're like, I have to run to the gym or I need a day off, just a mental health break, you're considered almost weak, right? 
And agreed. Well, and it's like a badge of honor to be like, I worked a 16-hour day today in heels. I used to actually post Facebook updates that were like rocking the heels for 17 hours, closing the deals, you know, eating the boys for breakfast. And that was my mindset. That's okay, but let's not judge that because, you know, you and I were strong women in male-dominated industries. And I don't judge that aspect of who we are as women because that grit helped make us the strong people we are today. So I I don't apologize for it. Instead, mindfulness teaches us, you know, are we repeating the same cycle and behavior patterns again? Or are we taking that as an opportunity to grow and learn and self-develop? Because I had to do that to survive in academic medicine. And Jeanette, my guess is in order for you to survive in your job, that was what was expected of you. So mm-hmm. there's no judgment. Let's release the judgment on both of ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. one of the things I would ask you for anyone who's listening who does have some type of role within a corporate framework, what advice would you give as far as kind of like paying attention to how you are leading and if there's toxicity to it? I mean, sometimes it's so incredibly embedded that I think what you guys are doing at Evolution is next level. Um, Thank you. But where would you start or where would you kind of suggest? You know, any leader is going to know this is culture starts from the top. Culture is not about your mission statement that you have painted on the wall or written on the website. It literally starts from, you know, your president and the C-suite. And and so really you have to look at that. And I look, you know, at Evolution Hospitality, we practice something known as servant leadership, which is in alignment with mindful leadership. It's this idea of how can I be of service to others, which is our employees first and then our clients. Mm-hmm. And you know you're in a toxic workplace when your outcomes are based in fear. There is a fear you will lose your job if you don't produce results. Mm-hmm. The leader takes the credit for a win, or you as a leader take a credit for the win, but when something goes wrong, you throw team members or your employees under the bus. Um, you know. And last but not least is gratitude is scarce in the workplace. And incidentally, if it's administrative, um, assistant day or doctor's day or boss's day, that doesn't count as gratitude. Like, do you really notice people and thank them for a job well done beyond those like, um, hallmark created holidays that are generated to make us pause and, you know, maybe give a gratitude that may not be sincere. And so that seems to be the key. And how do you know that it's negatively impacting you? Well, you've got rapid turnover um, employees. There's increased sick days. Uh, there's a lot of backbiting and gossiping in the office. Uh, you know, medications like antacids and, are rampant in the office or headache medicine. You know, it's, it's, these are the symptoms that individuals are getting sick from the toxic culture and that's multiplying and your bottom line is going to suffer greatly. Mm, it's so true and it's so funny because I remember walking out of my office and being like who has drugs (laughs) like literally saying that who has drugs like I feel like I feel terrible and I think that that's one of the things that as individuals too right we could be plugged into a toxic culture um but taking that step back and recognizing even if we don't have the ability to to lead from the top what we can do for ourselves and I know that you have a a concept like you talk about Mm -hmm brain shift and like my whole thing is I want people to walk away from these episodes and say what can I incorporate into my own life that's going to help me live the biggest baddest version and I'm I'd love for you to give us some some thoughts and kind of what you share with with the people over at evolution 
Yeah, yeah. And what, what I share speaking around the globe now to Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, large associations, it first of all, we have to, as you said, recognize, are you in a toxic mindset from a toxic workplace or maybe a toxic personal relationship? And Jeanette, I call this being stuck on the stress success cycle. And what does that mean? It means you know, we're success-driven professionals. I'm not going to apologize for that fact. It's made me a successful entrepreneur as it has you. But when you're stuck on a success, uh, you know, a stress success cycle, it's this, it's you think something's missing. What am I not doing in my personal and professional life? I will be happy if I, you know, reach a million dollars in sales or if I meet the man or woman of my dreams and then we stress and obsess and we worry and we reach our goal because we're success-driven professionals. And then all of a sudden you're left spent, mm -hmm. not feeling happy, stressed out, thinking, okay, something more must be missing. What's the next goal I have to achieve? And we stress and obsess and worry again. And this is known as the stress success cycle. And why is that toxic for us as individuals? Let's forget what's going on in your corporate environment, but for us as individuals, that's really unhealthy. I, I call it, creating a busy brain in simple non-neurological terms and we can get into the neuroscience in a minute if you think your listeners are interested but here are symptoms of the busy brain i've certainly been there jeanette i don't know if you were there in your days of, of corporate america but it's like you can't start the morning without a large amount of caffeine you don't mm -hmm. have your personality you don't have your drive and you get to work and you're jacked up on caffeine and all of a sudden like you're still having difficulty focusing. There may be a little anxiousness. There's like multiple browser windows open in your brain and on your computer. And even if you check off one thing on your to-do list, 17 more appear and you're getting a little bit more anxious during the day, having difficulty focusing, wondering if you need more coffee or need to talk to your doctor about getting Ritalin. And you finally leave work, whether it's at a normal hour or like the 16, 18 hour days you used to, we used to work. And you're like, I can't leave the office behind. I'm still checking my work emails on my phone or checking up with employees via text message. And you can't shut off the racing thoughts. So you're like, let me go home and have a glass of wine to take yes, the edge off. Yep. And you do that. And then all of a sudden you try to go to bed and you're like, I can't shut off the marathon that's in my mind. So you take a sleeping pill, you take a, another glass of wine, you fall asleep. And then all of a sudden it's like 2.37 AM and you wake up and you are wide awake. You're like, man, I know I needed that six to eight hours of sleep. Dr. Romy was talking about on Jeanette's podcast, but gosh, I'm wide awake. I may as well send 17 emails right now and get a jump start on my day. And then you wake up feeling exhausted. And this is that busy brain cycle where you're feeling anxious. You can't focus during the day. You wonder if you have ADHD and you're having sleep difficulties. And this is all like there's an underlying root cause to all of this. And sleeping pills, Xanax, alcohol are not the answer. And there is a better way. And that's what I teach. Um, it is the subject matter of the first book that I've spent two and a half years researching and I'm writing right now. And this is known as the busy brain cure that we need to get to the root cause and stop this behavior. Tell me about the neuroscience behind it because that is yes. interesting to me. Okay, good. Okay, good. Oh, thank you for letting me have a geek girl moment I, with you. I love that. I can yes. totally nerd out. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's nerd out. And so here is the thing is in traditional neurology and psychiatry, Jeanette, we've gotten it wrong. Anxiety, insomnia, and adult onset ADHD or difficulty focusing are not three separate diseases. 
in traditional neurology, psychiatry, traditional psychology, when we treat it that way, the medications that we are giving for insomnia are making the anxiety worse and the caffeine or the medications we're taking to focus or power through the day are making the insomnia worse because it's all rooted in one pattern of inflammation in the brain, which your brain cells are more what we call hyper excitable. It's like a lightning party going on and in order. And when that lightning party is going on, you can't sleep, you can't focus, you're a little anxious, you're on edge. Everything is like hyper excitable. You may have irritable bowel syndrome, acid reflux, everything is like in excess. And when you take the alcohol to slow it down or a sleeping pill or Xanax that the doctor gave you, you actually make the problem worse because the receptors of the brain, the GABA receptors now start multiplying like rabbits. And now there's all this hyper excitability activity when the alcohol or Xanax wears out of your system and it just keeps perpetuating. And so now it's like where you used to need one cup of coffee to get going in the morning. You need a venti every three hours until like 3 PM. Right or where uh, half of a sleeping pill used to help you, now all of a sudden it has no effect at all at triple the dose. That's how you know the pattern of inflammation is getting worse in the brain. This is so fascinating to me because this is the last like three years of my life. <laughs> I, oh, I get it. This, been there. Yeah, yeah, no, I was hooked up to an EKG before I left my firm because I had created, I had acid reflux, I had anxiety, I had sleeplessness, insomnia, and it was exactly that. It's like, what can I take to get me up to get me down, right? And yes. I, I have always had a yoga practice and I got more deeply involved in meditation and they helped. But sometimes when your brain is going crazy is how it feels, it's very hard for you to come down in those ways, right? I've noticed when I need my meditation, the absolute most is when mm-hmm. I ignore it. So what yeah. do we do? Well, we'll get into the brain shift protocol in a second and a way that your listeners can get it for free. But here's the one thing I want to just backtrack. I so appreciate you saying that because look, I am also a certified yoga teacher. I've trained with mindfulness and meditation teachers in multiple schools of meditation around the world. The worst thing you can do when somebody is absolutely completely anxious or in a moment of panic is tell them to sit down and calm Mm -hmm. down and breathe. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, it's like emotionally, you've jumped off of a cliff. And once you've jumped off of a cliff, it's really hard to pull yourself back. So the key is to develop certain habits that are restoring sleep and creating a calming to the inflammation at night so that you're less likely to jump off the ledge. Because in those moments that we all have that busy brain and your mind is spinning and you can't focus in a meeting or you know, you're know you emotionally hijacked in the brain, at that time, I, I wanna give grace to everybody. That is the worst possible time that I can force someone to sit down and meditate. Most of those people I need to tell them, step away from all of the stimulus that's promoting the anxiety if you can and get up and walk around the block, do jumping jacks, do some kind of physical activity to burn off the nervous energy. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. And so I, you know, I know, and, and I want to hear from, you know, your community of yoga teachers, mindfulness teachers, there will be people that are going to disagree with me. Believe me, mindfulness is a key part of my daily practice and meditation. But in that moment of high stress and high panic, it 
we need additional tools to calm down. And sometimes sitting down to meditate when your mind is running a marathon is more painful and will actually perpetuate the busy brain and the anxiety. That makes so much sense to me because I find that um, like I'll do high intensity classes, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm at my, I'm like, I got to go run. I have to go um, work out. I have to go do something. I'm, yes. a, very, I'm a very physical person. Right? I have to go yeah. do something physical to get it out of me. And then it's kind of creating that, those models, right, that you can go back mm -hmm. to and start creating a practice. It's when your practice gets out of whack that I think you're, you start that cycle all over again, right? Well, you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll just grab a coffee, bit. you Let's know? Talk, you, you just brought up two really good points. So yes, high-intensity interval training has been shown to help proliferate um, healthy brain cells and release BDNF brain derived neurotropic factor in the part of the brain that's kind of beefing up your brain and is creating what I call a power brain and as opposed to a busy brain. So high intensity interval training is a great way for some people that have a busy brain, but we need to do labs first because if you've got adrenal burnout, high intensity interval training may just deplete you even more. Mm. It's like you barely had any gas in the car and you used what little you had in your class. So we have to be careful. So that's one thing you, you just brought up that I, that I wanted to um, talk about. But the second thing is like, you know, we have to get to the root cause of it. And it's not easy, Jeanette. I have to be honest because you have to think about it. I just didn't get sick from my job in a few weeks, right? This was how many years of medical school and internship and residency and two fellowships and working years and a career that I ended up with stuck on the stress success cycle, burnt out and sick. It, was it the same for you in corporate America? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. it's the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. Yes. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're like, I've achieved, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> and so here's the one takeaway your listeners need to listen to is there is no supplement or gadget that you can buy on Amazon Prime Days or, or some you know expert online that's pushing their gadgets or supplements that's going to fix this overnight. And the thing is you have to figure out what caused the inflammation in the first place. We're on the grind, the stress success cycle. We're in a fight or flight response chronically for months or years, you know, and something is going to go out of balance. And that's where the brain shift protocol comes from. Can I tell you what the shift stands Please for? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. We look for disruptions in sleep or their circadian rhythm is number one. That's S. H is hormones, which is different hormone panels for men and women. I is looking for inflammatory markers such as methylation disorders, um, iron deficiency anemias, vitamin D3. F is looking at food sensitivities and the role of your gut health. Mm. And T is technology and how technology is playing in a role. So these are five very broad topic areas. And you know, you and I it sounded like you and I had similar symptoms going to the doctor. And yet probably the root cause of our conditions could be very different. And so the key is, is to figure out where in sleep, hormones, inflammatory markers, food sensitivities, and what you're doing with technology is, is disrupted and out of balance. And it's finding the balance and healing that again. So it's kind of like we need to not just put a Band-Aid on the brain, yep. which is what caffeine and wine or Xanax or uh, Zoloft will do, but we actually need to figure out what we need to put back into our body in balance so that we can heal the brain cells. Uh, this speaks to me so much. I, right now I'm going through a kind of food sensitivity <laughs> issue <laughs> where mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like, 
you know, when you're younger in your 20s, your metabolism's really fast. You can eat kind of everything and all of a sudden, and I don't know if it's that inflammation and the stressors over time creates issues to where you can't digest food as well or you have skin issues or gut health or what have you and it just comes through medication and all of the things that we do to our bodies, right? Um, and all the stress we put I, yeah. under it. You know, yeah, you're, you're right. Where do food sensitivities come from? I want to clarify that. So, you know, there's food allergies mm-hmm. that a lot of, if, you know, you're a mom and you've taken your child to the pediatrician that they've gotten tested for grass, pollen, peanuts, you know, a life-threatening peanut allergy could send a child into anaphylactic shock. That's an allergy. A sensitivity is still mediated by your immune system, but it's more long-term. And what happens is when we're on the stress success cycle, we're beating down our immune system. So to give you an example, I have a food sensitivity to gluten. It may not have been showing up earlier as I was younger, but as I got into medical school and neurology residency, and I was sleep deprived and stressing myself out and eating poorly, my immune system is taking a hit and the gluten sensitivity started to come up even more and even more so after I got sick. And so that's what happens with food sensitivities. And over time, if we are stuck on the stress success cycle with a busy brain, it's, you know, that busy brain also is connected to our gut and it's going to wreak inflammation in our gut. So now not only may it be gluten, but you could do a food sensitivity test and get a lot of different foods that are agitating you because we need to calm the busy brain down, shift into power brain. And by the way, when you do that, it starts to heal your immune system. And maybe over time, you'll see some of your food sensitivities might calm down. And I was just going to ask you that question. Like, Mm -hmm. do you get to a point to where you finally have understood your own issues with inflammation, your busy brain, all of those things to where the food sensitivities aren't as as atrocious <laughs> at times. Well, I, I think I think it depends. And what we typically do in an integrative medicine clinic is when we test for the food sensitivities and we get the results, we'll put people on a, you know, a, a specific type of anti-inflammatory nutrition plan that'll work for them, eliminating those foods, and then repeat the test, food sensitivity testing again in six to 12 months mm-hmm. and see what's changed okay. and, and go from there. Because there are some baseline food sensitivities that people may just have. And that has to do with one, the stress we're putting our bodies through, but it also has to do with the food sources that are changing. And my gosh, we probably don't have time on this podcast. I can come back and, you know, talk another day about that, you know, because food sensitivities is just one part of the uh, brain shift protocol. And I know you specifically said, what can we talk about for your listeners to adapt so that they're starting to think through what they can do? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that this is super helpful. And I think one of the things that um, I think it's fascinating how everything is so interconnected. And we don't always understand that our body is this system that works in, you know, everything works together. And we kind of just are looking at performance, right? We, we, we feed for performance. We fuel for performance. We don't always actually pay attention. Like my goal is to help the people that work with me or my listeners to realize your body is, is the way I look at it is like your body is a temple and inside that temple is this amazing heart, this beautiful mind and this gorgeous spirit. But you get one temple and that temple lasts you to the end of your life. And what's yeah. it going to, and you have to, you have to feed all of those things within you, right? All of those parts of yourself, your spirit, your soul, your mindset, mm-hmm. um, you have to, to nourish um, your, your health and vitality, that heart, um, and, and feed your mind as well. Because if you're not really taking care of this beautiful package that you've been gifted, um, you're going to, you're, it's not going to last, right? It's not going to last the last, uh, the, the, your last breath. 
um, at the, the capacity or at the performance that you want for it to. So it's understanding that all of these systems are interrelated. And I think sometimes that feels very overwhelming. Well, it is. I'm just thinking, I agree with everything you said. And that is at the core of what we learned in integrative medicine. But Jeanette, girl, let's be real. Half your podcast listeners just listening to this and my tribe are going to be giving a side eye going, really, girl? I'm <laughs> on a work deadline. My child is crying in the background. Right. And I haven't had sex with my partner in two weeks. Right. You want me to stop now with everything going on and make my body a temple like girl by right? right? And right. So I really want to make it realistic for our listeners because, you know, it sounds like you had something similar. I had to hit rock bottom mm -hmm. and have life-saving surgery from getting sick to realize that my part-time job first and foremost is to care for my spiritual, mental, and physical health. And it is exhausting and it requires discipline and it requires expense and making, you know, my sleep and my meditation a priority no matter where in the world I'm traveling it's not easy and most people don't realize it until they hit rock bottom in their mental or physical health but let's start with a few things that we could give to your listeners if they're not ready to like step into the temple right. and make their <laughs> mind and their body a full a part or a full-time job let's at least just introduce something in there because I think awareness is everything and if you were listening to our you know conversation at the beginning of this interview thinking oh wait a minute I'm stuck on that stress success cycle and Dr. Romy do those symptoms mean I have a busy brain in my body like self-awareness is often the first thing when I am speaking at an event I tell the meeting players I am there for two to four hours afterwards of people in a line waiting to talk to me, having this aha moment that they didn't realize their acid reflux or hypertension or autoimmune disease or lack of sexual desire is related to the busy brain. Mm -hmm. And so number one, it's self-awareness. If you're listening to this podcast episode and you're sitting there having an aha moment going, oh my God, I'm stuck on the stress success cycle and it is you know, creating havoc in my health. I mean, I think we've won half the battle there, don't you? A hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of us lack awareness. Um, I, I did as a doctor, I, I knew, Oh God, I'm busy and I'm stressed out. That's why the acid reflux is going on. That's why, you know, I have busy brain and I get anxious during the day and I can't sleep at night, whatever I'm busy, but I wouldn't do anything about it. So this is your wake up call to everybody that's listening. I love that. And I think that that's, that's so important. Right. And I think everyone's journey is so specific to them right? Because you mentioned the rock bottom, right? Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom a couple times. We think we have a rock bottom, but we got a new bottom. And you, yes. yeah, and so like you'll have a new event or partner come into your life or a new job that creates a different shift or a new dynamic or a new paradigm. And you have to kind of go back to yourself and find yourself once again. And so I think, yes. you know, that self-awareness, that being aware of how you're responding to external stimuli, how your body is treating you, and I talk a lot about paying attention to, I call it the gut check method, more mm -hmm. spiritual, but starting to really get into in tuned with your body and even your posture and your breathing. And it's telling you things, right? It's telling you um, about the way you interact with certain people, how you're walking into situations at work. If you're paying attention to you know, suddenly I can't breathe or that my breathing is shallow or if someone texts me, my shoulders roll in. Um, if I walk into a meeting, I feel the need to cross my arms in front of me. Sometimes even I think those small little um, just noticing how your body is communicating with you at all times 
um, is just such a significant change. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's even backtrack to something more simple than that, because you just gave this really long laundry list and 100% of everything you said was accurate. But again, it's like, wait, if I'm stuck on the stress success cycle, I'm going to listen to this podcast. Will I remember to do it when the moment counts? And here's the thing, Jeanette, when you're stuck on the stress success cycle, there is inflammation in certain pathways in your brain. Like, People may not remember this. They're on the grind. They're on that stress success cycle. They're not going to remember, oh yeah, my mm. breathing pattern or my shoulders or that. It's great to give this advice, but what about actually executing it? So let's talk back to the brain shift protocol. And, and if people want more um, information, if, if it's okay, we'll share it at the end of the sure. podcast, a, a free freemium that we're loading up this summer that's going to go out to people that goes over this concept. So if they're in the car at the gym on the treadmill listening to this, you know, we'll give a way to get the free resources that go over everything. But like, you know, here are three basic steps that we actually studied with the top 500 leaders at Evolution Hospitality. Um, when I started to research the book, The Busy Brain Cure, we did this in 2017, and now it becomes a quarterly exercise for our entire company. And the whole idea to reset your busy brain, first and foremost, and the brain shift protocol is sleep. Mm. That is key to restore brain patterns of inflammation and the rest of your body. But everyone's listening going, wait a minute, I can't sleep, I can't do this or that, right? And so here are a few steps that are very basic out of this entire brain shift protocol that I think all of your listeners could start with today. And number one, it's um, plan for you and your significant other, if you have one living with you, um, to 30 to 60 minutes of absolute digital detox before bedtime. No smartphones, no tablets, no laptops, no TV. And that's really hard because I know, I don't know how many of your listeners, Jeanette, but like, I know at our company, a lot of people say, well, I want to scroll Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. It helps me to relax before I go to bed or, you know, they're binge watching whatever latest series on Hulu or Netflix. But that is an absolute because the blue light is disrupting our circadian rhythm, the patterns of our brain. And it's not only making it difficult for us to sleep, but it's dropping your serotonin and melatonin levels, which are your sleep good and feel good hormones. So no supplement is going to bring it back if you still have the blue light from those devices coming. That, so that's uh, yeah, that. it, no, mm -hmm. thank you because I have found that sometimes sometimes <laughs> I will binge watch something on Netflix mm -hmm. to stop thinking, right? So yeah. maybe that's what it is. Maybe well, okay, so an hour and a half before bedtime, you're binge watching that thing to get in the right mindset, then you turn it off. Thirty to sixty minutes before bedtime, and here's this for busy brain people, people like you and I who are used to being on the grind, you're gonna be like, What am I gonna do to sit here? Yeah. I, I didn't quite, you know, unwind from that, you know, Netflix or reading a book on the iPad or whatever is I tell people to find a physical activity. And at Evo, it was really fun. People came up with a lot of creative things. I wash dishes before I go to bed and take my dog out for an extra walk. So my, if my hands are wet and greasy and slimy and whatever I had cooked that night, then I know I'm not going to pick up my phone or my laptop. And mm. people were into the adult coloring books or preparing lunch for the kids the next day. And hair was one of the greatest benefits. It's people were forced to reconnect and talk to their significant others. And it people reported the number one activity they were enjoying was intimacy, romance, and sex before bedtime because the digital devices were all put away. That's brilliant. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I'm all about, you know, mindfulness is about, you know, having a consciousness of love. Let's bring the love back into our relationships right. if, if you're listening and you have a relationship. So that's one. Two is 
for those of us that are intellects, um, I call it the busy brain, but it's really known as rumination anxiety. Intellectual people are more likely to have it where you're playing a to-do list or an emotion over and over in your brain, like on it's on, you know, repeat yeah. and, and that. And so really the idea of a brain dump and writing out a to-do list or writing out your emotions, I don't need you to go out and buy a fancy journal and start journaling 10 pages. Who has time for that? I literally, I'm like bullet point, write down whatever is coming to you because it is training your brain to say, I see it. I've touched it. I don't have to remember it. And I don't have to obsess and stress and worry about this. Those two steps alone in my clinical practice and in integrative medicine have gotten literally 80% of people off of their addictive sleeping pills, prescription sleeping pills, just doing the digital detox and the brain dump. And then last but not least, this is the ideal time to put in a meditation mindfulness practice. Start mm -hmm. with five minutes and you can go up to 20 minutes because it's going to help you reach a deeper level of sleep. And that restorative sleep for seven to 14 days is what starts healing the entire busy brain in your daytime, in your nighttime, and in the rest of your body. That's fascinating to me because I actually practiced um, transcendental meditation. Yes. Um, yes. And so I was doing 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. Mm -hmm. And the very first week that I started doing it, when I would do the 20 minutes in the evening, I would fall into the deepest sleep. Oh. And I mean, like hours at a time, and I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't do my meditation. And then I'd, I'd roll over and fall back to sleep for the rest of the night. And I asked the the, the guru, and I'm like, what? I, like, I know I'm not supposed to fall asleep because I'm supposed to be meditating. And she goes, you're so exhausted. Mm -hmm. You're so exhausted. You finally yeah. have signaled to your brain that it's okay to yes. calm down. And it is. And that's what meditation does. And transcendental meditation, mindfulness-based meditation, pranayama, uh, you know, uh, centering prayer and Christianity, all of these have been shown to be equally beneficial. So I am not going to get on this podcast and tout one over the other. As a scientist at heart, I've researched all of them and all of them are equally as beneficial. But, you know, you're right because it's allowing us to really get into our deeper levels of subconscious and kind of stop ruminating on what's going on. And so, so that's key. And a lot of folks like yourself who've trained in TM, I'm mindfulness, you know, my practice is also in the morning, mm -hmm. but here's the thing. I want to have grace on all of our listeners. And I certainly, if you're like any of our busy executives at evolution hospitality or the other, you know, hundreds of thousands of executives I've met over the last few years, it's we, most of us hit the ground running in the morning. If you have kids, you're chasing, uh, you, you have like maybe 30 seconds to brush your own teeth and shower before you're trying to get your kids off to school or daycare or you may have a long commute ahead of you. So the thought of having to add five to 20 minutes of meditation in the morning is really challenging. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I thought I wanna create a system for brain and mental health that's proven because most of us you know, may sleep after our kids, nighttime is a time to generally wanna wind down and I want people to restore sleep. That is at the core of the brain shift protocol because we can balance your hormones. We can get your vitamin D levels right. We can figure out your food sensitivities and you know create a, a specific elimination diet. But if we don't restore sleep, you're not going to jump off that stress success cycle anytime soon. I love that. And it's so funny because I remember I had a client specifically who would say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And some people are like, I only need a few hours of sleep a night. And I, I just can't connect with that, you know, because I, I. Well, we, we used to be that way. I don't know about you, but I was like, I was trained in medicine that you had to learn to function on very few hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the badge you wore. And right. I'm here to say that now sleep is the new status symbol amongst successful professionals. 
I actually saw that post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was because I mean yeah. Ariana Huffington wrote a book about sleep specifically yes. and how she was crashing um, yeah. because she wasn't sleeping so well. And I think that's the thing. I think it's it's a lot of people have to get to a place where they're feeling pretty you know, mm-hmm. worn or miserable or have that rock bottom before they start to prioritize these things because we have in a lot of ways been plugged into an achievement kind of mindset. We and- have to, yeah, some people have to hit it. But here's the thing I want to tell you, if if you're ever watching, because the one thing I've had access to the last four years is some of the top performing C-suite level executives and Fortune 100 companies, professional athletes. And, I, you know, a lot of them didn't have to hit rock bottom. What do they do? They there there are three concepts here, and it goes back to something you were mentioning earlier: is they have discipline, and whether it brings them joy or not, they realize that part of their daily routine, first and foremost, is caring for themselves. So whether that means their sleep, their nutrition, whatever that may be, they're constantly working on some element of their mental or physical health to improve it and have discipline. And so I think that's that's it. And if you want to know what top leaders are doing and why they're successful, because they do that. And then, you know, second to that is understanding, well, in order to create the time to catch up on my sleep or catch up on, um, you know, my physical health, what is it that needs to leave my schedule mm-hmm. and and balancing that out? And, and you know, I, I think that's the key in balance is balancing your own mindset and balancing your own priorities. There's no such thing as work-life balance. That's like a myth and that's not attainable. That's trying to seek perfection. But it's my center of balance is very different than yours, Jeanette, right? Mm-hmm. Because our physical, mental, spiritual needs are different as individuals. It's just doing what you need to do to fine tune a recipe for yourself. It's so funny. I hate the word balance. I actually think it's a dirty word. I believe in presence. And I think I agree with you 100%. You never find, um, I feel like balance became a um, a cliche, like a, a, a meme that people would throw out there and you'd hear it in yoga classes and things like that. And I'd like to take that pressure off of people to feel like that they I have agree. to actively you know what, balance. You, you know what I think of it is, I'm a little older than some of your listeners, is in the 80s or 90s, it was the women can have it all and you have to be perfect. It yeah. was like the Martha Stewart living before she went to prison, right? Martha, <laughs> yes, it. Martha Stewart after prison, she's got street cred. She was real, she was authentic. Before then, it was like this perfection. And so I felt like work work-life balance in corporate America became this euphemism to replace you have to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. those two things don't exist in your very right presence. This mindfulness teaches us that be here now. I am here and present at work now on this podcast interview with you. I am not exercising or doing something with my nutrition or my partner, you know, and and that's the key is when you're balanced, you are present and, and it's balanced in your own mind, body, and spirit. And there isn't one recipe for everyone. Oh, 100%. I totally agree. I totally agree. Do you have any other tips or tricks um, that you would recommend um, today? I think the sleep is like such a huge one to start with. Is there anything else that you think would be like an easy implementation? I, honestly, I'm going to keep it simple. Okay. And and because I've learned this as a C-suite level executive and chief wellness officer at Evo, you're going to get flooded with tons of questions when they do. I'm happy to come back. But, you know, when you start with the brain shift protocol, start with the digital detox, the brain dump, writing everything down and 
at least five to 20 minutes, even if it's guided meditation Mm -hmm. and just start with that. If your listeners could start with that, you know, I'm writing the brain shift protocol, you know, they can go to shiftmybrain.com and sign up for the free resources. And as we're releasing freemiums to go with every chapter, they're going to be in the know of what to do next, but sleep is at the core. So that would be my big takeaway to, to everyone is if you find yourself relating to Jeanette and I, that our stories of being stuck on the stress success cycle, you in the world of finance, me in the world of medicine saying, I want to stop this insanity think about those three steps. I love it. I love it. I mm-hmm. want to I want to pivot and get to a little two questions I ask everyone yes. and I want to get personal. <laughs> um, Absolutely. One of the things that I've built a lot of my platform on is kind of uh, kind of reparenting the younger self or looking back at the things that we learned about our things that ourselves that were not true. So if you were to look back at a younger version of Dr. Romy before mm-hmm. before the letters and um you could give her any piece of advice. How old would she be and what would you want to say to her? So this would be the Romy in her 20s. I was very young when I graduated from medical school and was in internship and residency. And at that time, less than 5% of brain doctors were women. And um, while mindfulness teaches us that we shouldn't have regrets and that have we grown and learned from those experiences, um, Jeanette, there were moments that like in every hospital I worked, I had to find the safe place, a closet, a bathroom stall where I could go cry. Mm. I was so overwhelmed because I was sleep deprived. And every day there was this misogyny. I, you know, we this is 20 years before the Me Too and the Time's Up movement. And, you know, people literally daily messaging like, you know, you're a woman, you have no place in medicine and it would get to me and I would cry. And I wish I could go back and hold that younger Romy and tell her, please don't cry. God has such a bigger plan of what you're going to be doing. And this is only making you stronger. Oh, I just got goosebumps all over my entire body. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a, a gorgeous thing when I hear women talk to their younger selves. There's always this nurturing, I've got you kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. And I just totally, I think I connect with that so much because of you and I were raised in the same kind of environments around mm-hmm. the same time. And I get yeah. that like deeply. So I love that. And that's really beautiful. If you were to leave this earth and you wanted to leave behind a legacy of words, a gold nugget of wisdom or inspiration that you could leave for the next gen, what would it be? that your mind is strong medicine and everything that we want to heal in our spiritual lives, our personal lives, our careers, your relationships, it starts in our own mind. And that's really where we need to go within and look. It has nothing to do with what's in the external world. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on Gold today and sharing your gold with us. I'm definitely going to convince you to come back because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. I would love it. I feel like we need to next time do this in person and sit. You know, I'm a, a, I'm turning into the Indian auntie I make fun of, so we need to sit together over a cup of chai and have this conversation. I so would love that. All right, we're going to figure it out. Thank you so much, Dr. Romy, for being on my show. Thank you so much for joining today. I love Dr. Romy's admonishment that our minds are strong medicine. Take her advice and get started with that digital detox, brain dump writing, and five minutes of meditation. More sex, less anxiety, talk about gold.
As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them with me in the comments. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children. Pick up my new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. If you want some help moving toward that intentional life, join me every week on my intention journey. I'm inviting you totally free from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my girl tribe at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention setting prompts and give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go recharge and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. Intentional living is where it's at, y'all. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.